0: And uh, man, I just, I fumbled that one so stupid, so stupid from my perspective. I was even like moving, and I was like, man, this guy can't hit me. You never want to think that you never want to get too safe in a fight.
1: Download the All-Star app. Make your picks for UFC fights. Challenge your friends. Level up and win prizes. Link in description. Get it now. The first thing I want to get into is... uh. Superlek. Superlek oh, made a yeah. visit. Come on, man. Let Talk about that. If anybody knows about Muay Thai, Superlek is a legend.
0: So, yeah. So, my, I got to give 110% credit to my boy Ricky Tercios, ultimate fighter champ. Um, Yo, Cal, the, uh, the owner of the brand, cool dude, Muay Thai guy, hit him up. And they were like, hey, Superlek's coming to the States. He's meeting with some fighters. We'd like to sponsor you. And Ricky was like, man, come on down to my gym. Me and my boy Alex, you know, run this gym together. So, man, Superlek came through. They hooked up, up with some gear. They hooked up some gear to some of my amateur Muay Thai fighters. Coach Matt Wall, his guys, my, my striking coach's guys. And, dude, we got to train with Superlek. It was awesome, man. He didn't speak much English. We got to share techniques, do some MMA rounds, do some tie rounds. Dude, it was a blast, man. Coach Matt held pads for him. Dude, it was cool. That man can kick.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's the kicking machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's what he's known for, right?
0: Yeah, that was cool. It was just cool. And then, like, even, like, talking to the yo uh, the Yokao guy he had given me some like prototype MMA sparring gloves and I love them. I, I gave him some feedback they were great it was just cool it was cool when they they invite us to Thailand and I, I told him I'm gonna take him up on that trip
1: yeah so that's a that's a cool little uh I guess connection that you got now back to uh back yeah. to Muay Thai cool. um May 13th man Charlotte North Carolina Tim Means he's a 26 fight UFC veteran that is insane man not many guys will last that long in that promotion. You know, thoughts on him and, and the style that he brings to the cage.
0: Yeah, the Dirty Bird. Actually, man, a guy I really enjoy watching. Uh, he's just violent. Um, you know, he was in the UFC. He got cut. He actually fought in Legacy in Houston. He fought one of H-Town's big prospects back in the day. And like the winner of that fight gets signed to the UFC. He won it. He got signed. I've watched pretty much all of his fights ever since. Um, and then right during like the COVID lockdown, uh, I figured we'd get matched up. I mean, they were just like running through these fights. I was down to stay active, and I was just waiting. I was waiting for his name in that email. And sure enough, this most recent time it popped up, and I was ready for it. Plus, man, I actually like fighting southpaws. Um, I've only fought two in the UFC, and you know this is my 18th fight, so it's nice to uh, to to fight a, a a dirty left-handed fighter. So that'll be cool.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. On on paper, you know, I mean, just from watching you guys fight. Tim Means is more of a, a wrestler that enjoys to enjoys the striking aspects, and you're more of a grappler that enjoys the striking. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, man. You know, he's a wrestling coach who likes to strike. I'm a jiu-jitsu coach who likes to strike. I, I do expect some grappling. Um, you know, if he initiates it, I'm ready to rock and roll. I actually do more like wrestling and jujitsu than I do anything else just by trade. I mean, I run a, a Gracie Baja. And, like, do, like, a lot of wrestling action. Most all of my amateur MMA fighters, and even now the guys going pro, are all wrestlers. So, I mean, we, we do a lot of wrestling. The guys at Fortis I train with, a lot of them really heavy wrestlers. And then even a guy like Jeff Neal, who not is a wrestler by trade, he's a striker. Got incredibly good takedowns and takedown defense. So, I mean, I've been getting my grappling in.
1: When you look at certain wrestlers, right, that come into the sport that that is more focused on like defensive wrestling more because they want to strike. Do you feel like they're just limiting themselves to a whole other ways of finishing fights? Because it seems like that way, because when you look at someone like Gilbert Burns, you know what I mean? Like he can wrestle, but he also can throw in submissions as well. And he's you know, he's very good at it. It gives him a lot of options.
0: And man, honestly, Burns is striking this solid too. You know, he's he's become one of those guys. Even like Usman, uh, even like Woodley, like as as wrestlers or grapplers, they like learn how to throw hands. But no, Burns has a really cool dynamic because like even the way he beat Wonder Boy, he utilized more wrestling than anything. But like the way he beats most other guys is with his jujitsu. Like when he fought Neil Magny. Um, but no, I think that's a great point. You know, even even Jeff was like, you know, I could wrestle. I'm like, dude, I know you can. I don't know why you don't. But uh, but to me, everyone they like they're like, why don't you grapple more in your fights? And there's just a love for striking, and, and for me, there's like a there's a completion, there's a a, a victory factor for knocking guys out, for, for putting hands on them, and to me, that's like the most complete way to fight. I I don't know how to explain it, but it's gonna take a lot of a lot of encouraging to make me change my mind. So, I mean, I'll use whatever whatever. I've hit some takedowns before, but man, Lord knows I love to land good
1: punches. Tim Means, man, he's fought everybody. His last fight was against Max Griffin, uh, a split decision loss. What did you dissect from that that matchup?
0: Um, It shouldn't have been a split. I think Tim knew that because like when they were reading it, he was even shaking his hand, point, shaking his hand, pointing to Max. Uh, <coughs> honestly, it was a good fight. They both had uh, their moments. Max landed the better of the shots on the feet. They had some really good wrestling exchanges. Um, You know, Griffin had a little more top control time. You know, it was a good scrap. It looked like two skilled veterans fighting. I think Max just got the better of him in a couple exchanges and ultimately got him a nod. But, I mean, that was a good scrap. You know, I had fought Max as well. We had a, I guess, a close fight. Uh, you know, I, I had one of unanimous decision, but in the second round, I almost put him away. That was the most notable moment of the fight by far. And then, like, in the third, he had used some wrestling to score some takedowns, but did no damage uh, on top at all. Uh, you know, so that, that's a good little, that, you know, you're only as good as your last fight. So, I'm assuming he watched my pawn's fight. As his tape, I I watched the Max Griffin fight, and to be fair, I saw all of his previous fights, but uh, but yeah, I think Griffin did a good job in that fight. Max has actually come alive at the the you know the second half of his career. He just got matched up with Michael Morales. That's a really fun fight to watch as well. I was hoping to fight, but in in due time.
1: Yeah, exactly in due time. Uh, you know when when you look at events now, you know UFC shows every week. There's a show every week, so you get to watch so many fights, and you get to watch the fights and how they go to the judges and the inconsistency of judging. is that something that shines on you? You know what I mean? And and your team and maybe even bleeds into preparation.
0: Dude, I'm in Texas. We got some of the wackiest inconsistent judging in the U S man. And and I do commentary for fury. So I mean, I sit cage side. I watch a lot of fights. Thankfully it has gotten better. Like they have, like there's a, a brown belt at my gym. Who is a judge on the commission? Uh, Jeff Rexford. He's a black belt. He and I fought as pros. He's a ref and a judge. Joseph Lisa black belt. So there are there are quite a few martial artists now, but you still have these like old boxing judges who just man, it's weird. So they have made a bit of a shift. They value damage more than control, which is cool, which is something I like. That's how Vegas has kind of been for a while, but it is inconsistent, man. So. You know, we just tell our guys, try not to leave it to the judges. And like even in the UFC, man, I only had one decision going into the UFC with 10 finishes. And now I got more decisions than anything. So it's hard to put these guys away. But I mean, you got to do your best, know the game, the coaches help. That's why it's so imperative. I have Coach Safe in there with me, letting me know exactly where the fight's at. And then Coach Matt and myself, when we corner our guys, we learn from him. And we just try to leave no stone unturned. But I mean, that's a factor sometimes out of our hands, but for the most part we don't uh, we don't struggle too much with that
1: your last fight against uh Santiago Ponzinibbio, man the first two rounds you were looking excellent you know what i mean like you hurt him a few times it seemed like and and going back to the judging do you feel like when you hurt your opponent that should count as much more and especially if you are dominating the fight as well like dominating the round you know what i mean like there's not enough 10-8s right in in MMA
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. True. Like in kickboxing or boxing, you drop a dude and get an eight count, bang, that's a 10-8 round. Unless they drop you back, then, you know, whatever. But, but yeah, so like, I feel like I won the first two rounds super handedly with pawns, even in the third round, right in the beginning, I hit a right hook that rocked, put him on skates. And uh, man, I just, I fumbled that one. So stupid. So stupid from my perspective. I was even like moving and I was like, man, this guy can't hit me. And you never want to think that. You never want to get too safe in a fight. One of my boys had a title fight recently, an amateur fight. In between rounds four and five, I'm like, Sean, we are celebrating nothing. We have won nothing until that bell rings at the end of round five. I was like, so I need your your last round to be your best round, your safest round. He was like, yes, sir. So now every time my boys are up, you know, going into the third, I like him on their ass. And to be fair, Coach Safe was on my ass. I just, I just, I got a little too comfortable in an uncomfortable setting and it bit me in the ass. Thankfully, thank you for Dana White. Got my win bonus. Got a new contract. But again, I, I'd rather have the win on my record than that money. But I mean, whatever. That's not how it works. So I was thankful for what I was given. And I will not make that mistake two times.
1: For sure. You know, experiences. You know, I talked to a lot of fighters about that experience is just so important in in the highest level. And, you know, you fought on short notice at 180 pounds. Did you feel much better at 180 pounds? How did you feel?
0: Just because it was so short notice. I mean, like it was Monday. So this is how my Monday's going in camp, out of camp, whatever. I wake up at 730. I eat. I lift. I go to the gym and clean. I teach jujitsu class and then I hit mitts and then I go home and take a nap. And I'm like laying down to take my nap. And some kid from the UK pings me on Instagram. And he's like, Alex Morono should step in to take Robbie Lawler's fight. And I looked at it and I was like, you know, I should. So I call my coach. call coach to I'm like, coach, you know, I'm always straight. I'm always straight. I felt sharp. And like, it was just Thanksgiving. I was a little heavier than normal a little bit. I step on the scale. I was like 195. And I was like, you know, let him know in a week I can make 170. Like, cause there was a fight night next. And then he calls me back, talks to Sean. He's like, "Morono, how light can you get? I was like, I can make 180 come Friday. You know, that was four days. And uh, sure enough, man, had no problem making the weight. You know, if I if if I had any more time, I could have made 170.
1: Yeah, man. It's you know, it was incredible to go in there and see see you perform. Like, you know, in this sport, it's you know, low mistakes can have huge costs. Yeah. And that's what is an example of, you know, and, and you're riding a four-fight win streak as well. Do you do you feel like you're gonna have to start again fresh or is that just a speed bump? in the road
0: no man i've always been a uh, a consistency guy with activity and like my plan is to win fights like when i got signed to the ufc i was like my goal is 10 fights and then i was like my goal is 20 fights which is coming up soon but no longer fights my goal now is 20 wins and then once i hit win number 20 then i'll make a new win goal but like in the sport you know winning is everything um the streak was nice but uh, a bit a bit trivial you know I still got a streak at welterweight, which is cool cuz that was a catchweight. So like even in the UFC stats, I'm on still a four-fight win streak in the welterweight class. But like to me my streak was broken and I'm just looking to put another streak together. And I'll tell you, thankfully, you know, that was my fifth win bonus in a row. I love those win bonuses now. I'm like what, five or six contracts deep. Those win bonuses, they make a difference. They make like a yearly income difference. So winning is in the sport like for me and, and you know even on the martial arts side not the financial side winning winning is the only goal is the only goal
1: yeah fair enough you know i mean that fight wasn't at welterweight so it really in, <laughs> in some ways doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things of like going up in the rankings in welterweight
0: but yeah somebody i think jack Mandelina fought and it was like it showed like a, a list of welterweight winning streaks and i was on that list i was like i think in second place and I took pictures picture of my, my strength coach, Matt Ward. I was like, the streak lives on. So, dude, if the UFC counts, it, I'll take it. I don't care.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, training camp it's always a mix for, you know, you have your own gym, then you have Fortis, and then you have War. Um, how did you mix that stuff up? Like, how did you, you know, separate your time, you know, I mean, evenly?
0: So, man, one thing I love about Coach Safe, he understands that I run a gym in Houston. with Gracie Baja, the Woodlands MMA. Been around since 2007. I've been coaching there since 2012, owning it since 2015. And, uh, and you know, that, that's my business. It's a big gym, 7,000 square feet, like hundreds of members were doing well. we had a tournament on Saturday and had over, over 70 people compete, like a bunch of kids, but a lot of adults too, did excellent. So he knows like that, that, that gym takes a lot of my time. So I go to Dallas at the beginning of each week. Like I'm leaving tomorrow, train on Tuesday, train on Wednesday, come home, rest a little bit, and then like Thursday, that's when I hit my cross train with my boys at war, and then uh, and then Friday, Saturday, back home with my boys, and then the process repeats, you know, so it's a really good dynamic system. Uh, going up to Dallas, working with Coach Safe and all those guys up there, it's just the pacing is next level, the coaching is next level. It's cool being in that room. And uh, and then, you know, I come home, I get to work on the the things I did well, the things I could work on with my coaches, and then I get I get some other looks with 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 the dudes at war. You know, Trevin Giles is there, Joseph Holmes. A lot they got a lot of pros. That's like probably the biggest team of pros and amateurs in Houston are the guys at war. So I got a lot of respect for those guys, always helping me out. And uh, man, it's just a really good relationship of of you know of of a group effort. You know.
1: Yeah, and and Team Means man, he he's a tall, long guy. Like who's similar to that body type that you're sparring.
0: So the, thankfully, there's a lot of really good Southpaws at Fortis. Uh, wow. And then there's guys around town. I got one one uh, amateur on our team. He's good. He's crafty. He wrestled. He's a good striker. Done kickboxing matches. He'll be fighting him in here pretty soon. Uh, but he's the same height, same build. Southpaw loves the scrap. So he's my main guy. He's like young, so he's quick and real technical. So he's been my main dude, Jaden McKinnon. He'll actually be in my corner. He's going to be my warm-up guy. But uh, but yeah, there's a, there a lot of good southpaws. Like Jeff Neal's been awesome to work with. He's so sharp. He and Tim are built different, but like Jeff's so fast cuts angles and hits so hard. Like if I can do okay with Jeff, I feel like I can do okay with any southpaw. And there's a guy named Julius Holmes as well. He's actually headlining a Fury card this Sunday. And uh, Mark, he'll be in the UFC soon enough. I think he's like seven and one, maybe seven and two as a pro. He's solid, man. He's physical. And uh, so I've been getting nothing but good
1: looks over there. Facing a softball, man, you said you enjoy that. What's what's there to enjoy about that? I actually like to spar softballs as well.
0: Yeah, so I right before I got signed to the UFC in 2015 was like my dynamite year. I had a pro kickboxing match against a guy named Lucas Pimenta. He was a Brazilian brawler. Eight eight and two MMA, as an MMA pro, first kickboxing debut. I remember I got that matchup for my kickboxing debut, and I was like, shit, that's not an easy fight. McManard was the matchmaker. I took it. He was a southpaw. I ended up breaking his arm with a, with a, with a round kick, but I sparred with so many southpaws. Anytime I have an opponent who I feel is dangerous, like Tim means like Lucas Pimenta, I like over prepare and then I got my rounds in. I found every southpaw in Houston and I sparred with them religiously and I got so comfortable that was 2015. And ever since then I have my fun southpaw tricks, um, Tim will switch it up a bit. I kinda hope he goes Ortho a little bit. I'm just so comfortable fighting Orthos too. Mm-hmm. But like I expect like the best Southpaw out of Tim means. And uh, and I've I you know, they have their differences, but I feel like I I've just done my due diligence in getting my reps in, getting my technique in against those left-handed fighters.
1: And also he's, he's long as well. You know what I mean? Tall, like he, he's very stoic in his stance as well. You know what I mean? Like getting in close with that. Is that a, is that a challenge that you like as well? Yes. But, but for with
0: him, no, cause Tim will get in your face, man. If you like bounce mm. around and move backwards, he will get in your shit. So, uh, so no, this is a fight where I'm like looking to meet in the middle, but hold my ground. He's like, uh, I'm going to hit him with some, like some young wolf tactics. He's like, you're I'm the young wolf. But I'm, I'm not that young though. But I'm gonna have some young, young, young wolf moves. That's the plan.
1: So basically, in this fight, you, you expect to to have a stand up war with uh, Tim Means.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope, I hope so, I think so. Mm-hmm. But no expectations is the best expectation. I'm I'm thinking he's gonna wrestle. I'm, I'm not, I may wrestle. You never know. Um, but I expect it to go everywhere. I would love to do some jiu-jitsu. All the guys I train with, I do so much jiu-jitsu. At my gym alone, we got like 20 black belts and they're all like, I'll roll with them. We'll have good rounds. I got one good secondary black belt. Did some like IBJJF, no, 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 uh, no, gi stuff. Won some gold medals at like Brown. Guy named Lou, he's awesome. He's like, why don't you grapple? And I'm like, I don't know, man. And he's like, you should grapple. You're so good. I'm like, all right, maybe we'll see. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've, my, I've never felt more, more confident in my jujitsu. And even my wrestling, I teach, I teach a lot of wrestling in my jujitsu classes. I feel like that's a neglected part of the martial art. And like, I don't know if you've done jujitsu, but like there's cycles. Like when I started, it was like closed guard. Then it was all like the standing open guards. Then it was leg locks. Now it's wrestling. It's like whatever's being used and like IBJJF tournaments and, and ADCCs and all the submission only like, that's what like the meta is. And like, I'll see it, I'll, it's cyclical. And like it's it's cool because ADCC was so wrestling heavy. Oh, there's all the no gi sub only matches. There's a lot of wrestling involved. So like it's nice that like is finally getting its like wrestling due diligence. So it's cool because it, it like like the submission only no gi and like the MMA like techniques are finally crossing paths. So I feel like a guy like myself, like my time and place has come in the jujitsu world and in the MMA world.
1: I, I see what you mean about the jujitsu. Like you do go through your phases. Like I remember going through like a straight up. Lockdown phase when I was just like, I'm gonna get into lockdown, <laughs> you know, like yeah. there was that era, right? There sure was. That was a while
0: back. That was maybe like 10, yeah. 12 years ago. It was like closed guard, yeah. half guard, lockdown, open guard, spider yeah. guard, like De La Hiva. and yeah. then like all the lapel guards. That's when Kendall Cornelius was in, and then like the Donna hair boys came through and everyone was leg locking everybody. And then that guy's yeah. good, guys got good at leg lock defense, and now we're wrestling again. And like closed guard has made a comeback. It's cool.
1: Why hasn't anybody been able to like extend their streak of leg lock? submissions you know what i mean in mma is have people figured it out like you know what i mean like you just need to defend a certain way and then because of the punches that you could throw from certain positions that you just can't hang on
0: so i was giving a, a talk to my team because we got some good leg lockers and like dude, mm-hmm. you know, i'm actually i got a leg lock game or two up my of my tool belt but uh ryan hall who i admire tremendously and gary tonin fought tan lee uh ryan hall fought Ilya, and they both ended up getting you know, finish on bottom looking for leg locks and I was like, guys, those are the best in the world. Those are the best guys on the planet and like it didn't work out for them. Can it work? Absolutely. But are there risks? Absolutely. So I said like, let this be a lesson. There is a time and a place for these techniques, but sometimes if you force them or if they're expected, Mm -hmm. you're going to get hit with a big old stinky counter and that's what happens. So, and like the only reason I use Tonin and Hall as examples because those guys are the best in the world, and if they can get hit with that, with that you know counter, then anyone can. So, again, like every move has a time and place. Make sure they are you know utilized appropriately.
1: We never know. We might see you throwing a leg lock. Soon. Hey man, never know.
0: Or depends yeah. on the position
1: yeah yeah um who's the best leg locker in mma history is it paul harris maybe frank mir i don't who is it
0: man man
1: it's hard huh
0: ryan hall up there
1: yeah he, yeah
0: he he'll, he'll hooks. um gary Toten, I he's not experienced enough yet and when i say that like he hasn't had enough fights in MMA yet mm. um honestly paul harris i mean that dude's crazy he's <laughs> bad for the sport uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go with Ryan Hall because he's the homie.
1: Okay. May 13th, man. UFC Fight Night, Charlotte, North Carolina. Everybody go follow Alex on social media. Thank you so much, man, for the time as always, and uh, all the best in this fight. Yeah, it's gonna be a wild one, man. It's it's a fight night. You know what I mean? Fight of the night. Let's get it.
0: Uh, yeah. And they gave us the opening spot on the main card. I'm honored. Exactly. Oh, I'm gonna throw down. That's my that's my job. That's my goal.
1: Yeah, man. They've been putting you on in front of crowds every single time. So you know they know what they get out of you.
0: Hell yeah, dude! I'm glad. (laughs) And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure they get their worth.